What's up, guys, and welcome back to the That's So Dev podcast. My name is Dev. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning in, I appreciate you. We have some more Harry Potter tea to get into today. But before we get into that tea, make sure you go follow me on Twitter and Instagram at That's So Dev. It is simple, it is straight, and to the point. All right. So, today, as I said, we're continuing this Harry Potter tea because now we're going to discuss the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth movie. We're going to leave, you know, part three of this to the last movie, both parts. And starting with the fourth movie, first of all, I got to say, I love the switch up. I love him not being in the muggle world you know it was a nice change of pace but it started off on a darker tone because from this point forward we begin to we really begin to see things shift especially this movie obviously (laughs) obviously and you know starting off with the whole dream of you know what is it? I forgot his name. Is it Barty Jr.? I think it's Barty Jr. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, seeing him, Voldemort, um, Peter Pettigrew, and Nagini in that dream, or supposedly dream, um, it, w- it really set the tone for what this movie was going to be. But in a way, it's like as the movie went on you wouldn't have thought so it's like I I can't say that the beginning is misleading but the movie is very misleading as to what the tone of it actually is and you have no idea you have no idea until you've watched it because I mean look they obviously know that Voldemort is on the move They know he is trying to return. So at this point, they're obviously very cautious of things. They obviously seem to be skeptical. They seem like they're watching out for signs. So whenever it came to, you know, Harry Potter's name being in the Goblet of Fire, it was like, wait a minute what that's why they were so which first of all Dumbledore was not that angry in the movies they made him seem more angry than he actually was I'd like to point that out but I mean that's why they were so angry and upset as to his name being in the Goblet of Fire you know I mean they had just set no one under the age of 17 I think it's no one under the age of 17 or no one 17 and under but they just set that rule so for one they already didn't want that and for two it was like wait a minute (laughs) you know and I I like the way that it introduced you to the port key at the beginning of the movie but they don't necessarily tell you that anything can be a port key you know what I mean so it's it's just like 
an, another one of those things like I was talking last podcast where you set something up and they just move on like you simply see them go into this port key to get to the Quidditch World Cup which is amazing that looked amazing I'm jealous and I honestly wish that I was there <laughs> like it's crazy because obviously they introduced crumb too so a lot of things that would eventually become you know center of the storylines like crumb and the port key they were introduced early but also brushed off like you wouldn't have thought that he was going to show up at the school you would not have thought that you would not have thought that a port key probably would have been ultimately what you you know it pops this movie off you know what i'm saying like it's just it, it, it i i think the goblet of, no mind you hear me out hear me out the goblet of fire is my least favorite movie i know i know i know you hate me that's okay because it is my least favorite movie and for many reasons starting with the fact that I don't know what was up Ron's butt, but ciao. <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with that boy. I mean, obviously, we know what was wrong with him. He was very jealous. He was idiotic enough to think that Harry would put his name in a goblet of fire to risk his own death for glory in fame like really Ron really I thought the director could have done a much much better job I'm just saying I'm just saying you drag me it's my least favorite movie okay but I mean obviously you know Ron eventually comes around and all that but because you know throughout this franchise Ron has his moments he does and um which of course like Ron like you have been the common denominator even you know with Hermione going with Crumb yep you were salty about that well he really does have his moment. And when he does, I really just want to pull up. Like, really? And for what? <laughs> but I... The, the... I can't even. Because I'm going to talk about Cedric Diggory. Because, first of all, what was Edward Callan doing in this movie? Even though, you know, this movie came out first. LOL. But his death was so powerful. It was a very powerful moment. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Especially, like, you know, they really built this character up as he was this you know in a way kind of douchebag and behind the scenes he was actually underneath it a decent person a good person you know he was very smart they just really built this character up so when his death came it really was like in every even reaction that i have watched about harry potter that death 
was like huge <laughs> it was huge it was like no way and the i don't know the real actor's name who played cedric's father but executed he executed that scene it was unreal it was unreal to me but i will say you know even though this is my least favorite movie i enjoyed the games you know not necessarily games because they could have died which you know the wizarding world has a lot of opportunities for these teens to die in school so it's kind of concerning but whatever um (laughs) but no i enjoyed seeing the games i um it mad eye moody like watching each scene you couldn't necessarily just be like oh he's bad because there were some scenes that were genuinely just like oh you're not so bad so it was just kind of like you were in the middle I mean like it was hard to tell if it was simply just who that character was or if this was somebody else you know being this character with Polyjuice Potion which is possible because they introduced Polyjuice Potion to us early on but also at the same time I wasn't instantly thinking that I don't know about you, but I wasn't. So when obviously, you know, it was Barty Crumb Jr. Obviously, when, you know, they sent Harry into that memory, he got to see the whole trial and he got to see that Barty Crumb Jr. He he was involved with torturing the Longbottoms with the Crucius curse. Crucio? Oops. I'm thinking about Lucius. Well, evil person for evil spells, I guess. But it's just, it, it, I like how they handled him. I think they did a good job with Barty in this movie. Even from the occasional sticking out of the tongue, you know, to the side, his little signature thing. Because once they revealed that during the trial that, you know, Harry saw in the memory, I was like, ah, this is making sense now. A lot of people in their reaction videos actually didn't get that. And I was really surprised. I was actually very surprised because I was like, wait a minute, because this is obvious now. We know Polyjuice Potion is a thing. We saw him drinking something, you know, at the beginning of the movie. We've seen it. The signs are there. But the fact that he's helping Harry, it makes it seem like he's doing good. When the reality of it is, he was helping Harry get to the finish line to get to the Quidditch. Not the Quidditch Cup. <laughs> Help. But to get to, you know, the port key. Well, which we didn't know was a port key. It was just a trophy cup at the time. He wanted him to win to get to the cup. So that way it can transport him to the graveyard where Tom Riddle's parents was buried. So they could resurrect him. 
crazy. Like, even when I talk about it now, I've seen it a billion times, but it's still crazy how they handled this, these, these movies. Absolutely crazy to me. So I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoy it. And when I say it's my least favorite, I don't think there's a bad Harry Potter movie. I, like I said, I love every movie. I can watch every movie and it would be just as comforting, you know? So now moving into, you know, the end of the movie where we see Peter Pettigrew once again, he's resurrecting Voldemort. And which let me just say, the only reason why Peter Pettigrew even got out in the first place is because two grown ass men decided that they were going to listen to a 13 year old and not go ahead and avada kadabra his ass no we'll let the dementors get him how noble of you you 13 year old let's listen to him and now look and now look Voldemort has returned which was a very sickening scene can I just say it was so sickening. The recreation of him, the the whole scene where he's feeling on his face. I love the 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 snake look that they've given him. The no nose, it, it on brand, obviously. <laughs> and I, I I think he executed his character so well because I was genuinely afraid of him <laughs> like, like the dude's scary he is he looks scary in his mannerisms everything about the dude is just scary so it I, I think that it really helped the dark narrative because like I said things shift in this movie and him returning it it marked the franchise no longer being at a younger audience. His, I think that's what I think that's the T. Once he returned, it was no longer really aimed at a mature audience. It matured at a much faster rate as it goes on, obviously. But, you know, he obviously returns. He tries to kill Harry he can't kill Harry because as we learned at the beginning they're brothers their wands are their siblings rather who knows they could be two girls the girls the girls are fighting <laughs> but like it, you, you, you see their wands connect and you know you see Harry's parents come out and they once again help him to help him escape he gets out gets back you know eventually they obviously find out about Barty but you know I think the idea because okay because one thing that trips me out is that so when Mad-Eye's eye fell off of Barty Crumb Jr it turned and looked at him as if Mad-Eye Moody could see everything. So I wonder 
I literally wonder. And if you know this, let me know on Twitter. Like, could he see everything that entire time that he was kidnapped and put in, you know, that long ass chest? I truly wonder that. I wonder about that all the time. But anyway, like, as we start to get into the fifth movie, we really see the rebellion. You know, we see, we see where, you know, Harry has fought Voldemort. Oh my goodness. And Umbridge is introduced. They introduce her at the very beginning. First of all, Harry obviously had to use magic. He had to use magic. He was in a life or death situation. Right? And what get what got me at first about the situation was, you know, when he had to use the Patronus charm, when um the Dementors came at him, it was like he's just saved Dudley. So why when Harry helps and carry Dudley home, why does he point at Harry and say that Harry did it? That really got me at first. But then later I was like, wait a minute. Humans can't see Dementors. So when Harry did the Patronus spell, he didn't see anything. Right? Because at the beginning also, Dudley provoked Harry talking about his parents being, you know, his mom being passed. And about Cedric triggered him. And Harry went to go, you know, I got this wand. You might shut up. That's what he said. Harry was about it. I'm just saying. So he instantly thought that that was Harry. So it all makes sense to me now. Because like I said, a lot of the time when I was younger, I couldn't have digest. You know, I wasn't able to digest that information like that. Especially not on the first time watching that. I didn't remember. So it would it, it it's nice how things stay consistent along the way. I like that. I think the fifth movie was done very well. It they the intro to that movie was done very well. And then they introduced Umbridge expelling him. And from the beginning, I was like, uh can we just can we just ax like just just chop the envelope in half even though you know it ripped itself up but it's fun you know they come and save Mad-Eye Moody which we actually get to see Mad-Eye Moody for real the order comes and saves Harry they get him to you know where the, the headquarters of the order of the phoenix and oh well Sirius is there love that even though he really wasn't in the fourth movie, which I didn't like. I really wanted him to be in the fourth movie because we don't get to see much of him. And this is his last movie. Do you know how upset that makes me? Like, <laughs> like we, we, we spend a whole movie with thinking he's the bad guy and then find out he's this actually really good guy who it's unreal it's unreal what they did but you want to know what it was vital to the story 
All right, y'all. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to finish up this fifth movie. And then we're going to go into the sixth movie. And then this. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. Peace. What's up, guys? Welcome back. All right. Now, to pick up where we left off, you know, I was just chatting up about how I wish we got to see more of Sirius Black just in general. But, you know, it is what it is. Things had to happen the way that it happened for the story to go the way that it did. And I understand that. I'm still upset about it. Okay. So, anyway, I, I think that... I think that this movie, it really set the foundation for, you know, what was obviously for what was to come for the war that was to come. You know, this is where a lot of them really learned to train in combat. And obviously with Umbridge at the school and the Ministry of Magic interfering with Hogwarts, they weren't able to. They thought that Dumbledore was building his own army to come after the minister's job. Like, get over yourself, dude. The most powerful dark wizard, the Dark Lord, is back. You won't even say his name. Like, it's like the the thought of Voldemort being back was so overwhelming that they were just in denial of it. The thought of it is so overwhelming. I don't think for Umbridge it was for some reason I feel like she might have knew because she took part in a lot of you know dark way she was torturing students she was torturing students she was even going to use the crucio curse on Harry yep unreal that lady is unreal I have never no I don't hate we don't hate, right? But I hate her. Hate is a strong word. I am aware. I hate her. But she was so necessary that it hurts. She was so necessary. And first of all, we just, the Minister of Magic right now, unreal. He is the worst and you really you you began to see that in the fourth movie when Cedric had passed and he was like Dumbledore we've got to move the body like you are so worried about the news and public perception and all this stuff like you are not worried about the right things you are blaming you know the disappearances that are going on which have happened you know the last time that Voldemort you know was truly in power like you, you were blaming this on Sirius Black. Really? It's Sirius Black. Unreal. And part of me thinks you know that's not him. So... What?
Anyway, the Minister of Magic is trash. Long story short. But I think something that something something that really sticks out to me is that you know we find out about Bellatrix. You know, we find out a lot of background about her. We don't really see much of the the development of her character until the sixth movie. But for this movie, you know, we find out that she's related to Sirius Black. We find out and um, crap, what's her name? Nymphadora? Yeah, they're related. Even though, don't call her that. But, you know, and then, you know, after we find out, you know, that information about her, we see that she gets busted out of Azkaban. By who? The one, the only, Voldemort. Which, this movie, you know, we start to really see them... I mean, Harry never necessarily feared him, but we see the rest of them really begin to not fear him. You know, we see Hermione say his name for the first time. You know, so I actually I, th- I think Order of the Phoenix is actually my favorite movie. Yeah, 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 I have to say that without a doubt. This is my favorite movie whatsoever. We see a lot of magic in this one you know and I, I I enjoy the whole process of seeing everybody because there's 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 a big transition because you right everybody from the beginning they're discredit him discrediting him in the media in the news outlets all of that right we see that and we see when he gets to Hogwarts we see how everybody has this perception that he's lying which first of all why would I lie about somebody who tried to kill me as a baby really are y'all that dumb so you know we, we really see all of that transition into wait this is real you know because once they start getting people to sign up when they have that meeting you know with pretty much you know with everybody who's is going to be training with them in the room of requirement they have that meeting and you begin that's when you really start to see the shift in everybody seeing as i said like they're like oh like this is actually real you know and you eventually see one apologize to him which i didn't think was going to happen when i first saw the movie i didn't expect an apology whatsoever i just expected it to move on but I think Harry Potter has done a good job with giving secondary characters a background in development and growth. They don't do such a good job on the relationship aspect, but that much yes, because the development of Ron and the development of Ginny and Harry didn't like that. Very awkward. Could have done better. But you know, I'll give Ron and Hermione that, you know, the development was a little bit better. I'll give them that, but that's that. But anyway, like, 
I just like the way that they um I like the way this movie that they really because we get introduced to Luna, right? So we really get to see the characters become their own order in a way. You know? They become literally their own order. And obviously it becomes very useful when they go searching for the prophecy. When they go searching for the prophecy, like, shit gets real. It gets all the way real. And it's literally immediate. Like, from that point forward, there is not really a second without action. And I love the whole transition of this movie into that point because Dolores, she plays a very center part of this because the story can't move forward until they get rid of her. You know, they can do whatever they want around her, but getting to that prophecy would not have happened unless they got rid of Umbridge in some way, shape or form. So, what can I say? I must not tell lies. Had to get rid of that bitch. Quickly. And I'm very glad they did. Even though it wasn't necessarily the intention for it to go the way that it did. But what can I say? She deserved every last bit of it. Even though, you know, she ended up in Azkaban. Right? She did go. I know she went on trial for a fact. I believe. Yeah, I believe she went to Askman. Do not quote me on that one. But it once you, once we got rid of her and you know we got to where the prophecy was, we begin to really see them put into play everything that you know their own little order. We got to see it put into action. You know, and. What's I think what's funny about it is is that when you first meet Luna, you're not expecting her to be a huge role or as big of a role as she is. Throughout this movie, you really see like you see who she is through and through. You find out everything you really need to know about her in this movie like people think she's crazy but they really just don't understand her she's one of my favorite characters period period like it the way that she's just so insightful and she's very educated you know even when she was talking with Harry about how she was like saying like that's what Voldemort that's how Voldemort wants him to feel, you know, alone and isolated. He's less of a threat that way, you know? So I think Luna has genuinely been a good friend, a good person. So I actually watched a reaction where somebody didn't like Luna. Oh my God, they ate him up in the comments. What can I say? I can't blame them, but I was like, dang. Y'all was not wasting no time. But, you know, I, I, I like how they 
introduced her and showed her as this person that you might think is loony but she really is strong and like you really see that you know like i said when they put into play all these spells and combat training that they had to endure over you know a couple months even though you know a death eater clocked luna in the face blew him out of the water <laughs> she ate him up she really she really really did and i think that's something that like it was a moment i think for every person that was there to search for the prophecy it was a huge moment for them because we really got to see them fight like neville that that was the moment like you really got to see a transformation in him this movie as well because you got to see him become a more confident wizard and as he became that confident wizard to the point to where bellatrix is about to be done (laughs) he was like wait a minute don't do that but like uh uh every time i talk about bellatrix i just i'm like i can't stand you because you're the one who killed sirius black you've killed a lot of your family i really don't like her but it's okay she gets what she deserves in the end but overall i think this movie like it there's so many things to talk about in this movie that's why i want to do you know each individual movie like on its own i'm gonna have like you know points and i i'm gonna have questions i'm gonna answer questions and things like that like i'm really gonna dive deep into these movies but i really wanted to just get over you know speaking generally about each movie because i there's so much that hasn't processed in my head about these movies yet but there's so much that has and like i keep saying a billion times you'll keep watching you'll always find something new a new question something the gift that literally keeps on giving i mean am i right i'm right let's face it but no um I know I've missed some key points, but obviously you can't cover all of Harry Potter in like even a 30 minute to an hour podcast. It's just not possible, even in the three parts. That's what I'm saying. I need each individual part to, you know, go in detail about each movie. So but, you know, as we just just to wrap up the fifth film, it's it's insane to me. It the last scene where Voldemort and Dumbledore are going at it it's my favorite scene I'm not going to say my favorite scene but top three out of the franchise because that's insane it's it's literally so insane I can't like 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 the battle like I, I know Harry was just watching like wow this shit different because it's the first time that we really see you know just how powerful wizards can be like how powerful they are there were some crazy spells from the fire to the water ball that Dumbledore had uh, Voldemort in to you know the dark matter that Voldemort was shooting at Dumbledore to 
him absorbing that dark matter and releasing it and breaking all those glasses in the Ministry of Magic, like, what a scene. Him possess, trying to possess Harry. And the whole, the way that they went about that and how, you know, Harry really got out of them is that Harry felt sorry for him. He doesn't know love. People who are loyal to him are loyal to him out of fear. I mean, that's the only reason why Peter Pettigrew even helped him return, which doesn't make sense. Why would you help someone return out of fear? If you fear this person, I would not get them to return. <laughs> you know, but it is what it is. You know, the Minister of Magic got to see that Dumbledore and Harry wasn't lying. And it really like it immediately picked up in the sixth movie. You know, um, I forgot, like, because obviously, you know, it started at the train station. No Dudley, nothing, none of that. Love that. And immediately went into the wizard world. And I forgot what the professor's name, but he taught potions. Obviously, he didn't teach dark arts, which was also different loved that as well and he was just he was a huge center part of the movie you know and it was nice that like i said it picked off immediately where it left off so it was just kind of fresh it was very fresh on you know the things that had just happened you know the dark everyone just found out that the dark lord just came out you know we got to watch the death eaters attack the muggle world um take the wand maker which sets up even taking the wand maker sets up the last movie and it's like they don't say anything about it again the entire sixth movie which is insane to me because i'm just like wait a minute what where's that coming from but you know i'm there's so much to talk about i'm probably gonna um I'm probably going to I'm thinking because I want to not make this too long I'm thinking I'm going to finish up the sixth movie in the next podcast with the seventh movie because I feel like you know the last half of the sixth movie obviously really goes into the seventh movie like you know the first half of the sixth movie comes immediately out of the fifth movie because there's just so much to talk about and unpack and in the sixth movie there's so much mystery to it you know like it's called half-blood prince like you know harry gets this book in hogwarts you know that's from the half-blood prince who is the half-blood prince you know on top of that we have the mystery of what does this professor know why did dumbledore want him to come back to hogwarts Why does Dumbledore want Harry to let him collect him as a little, you know, shining piece? There's so many whys. And something is always revealed along the way. But not to the extent of, you know, what you really need to know. And I think that's what makes this sixth movie so great. It's like... You know, it, it, it really sets it up with, you know, the luck potion, the liquid luck. He uses the book of the Half-Blood Prince to get the liquid luck. 
So two of those things in one result in revelations. Two of those things that like, you're not necessarily really thinking about it, especially with the red herring of, oh, I'm just going to give this liquid luck to Ron, even though I really didn't. First of all, Ron, another one of his moments because there was no reason that he should have been with that girl and making out with her because he know he likes Hermione but I don't know why he's playing but I, I really enjoyed the moment where Hermione and Harry discussed you know how it felt to see who they loved with someone else and it was an emotional moment that Harry typically does not have and I really enjoyed that because you don't really get to see his vulnerable sides too much. I mean, you see, you'll see the anger, you'll see him suppress it, but there's not many times you really see him just, you know, be. And that was a moment he 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 was able to just be with Hermione, and I think that speaks for their friendship. But also at the same time, like, you know, while Ron was celebrating and whatnot, Harry had a chuckle in. I like that you can get both sides of that friendship, which is really nice as well. You know, I think, um, first of all, I think Harry and Hermione have a completely underrated friendship. And I know a lot of people wanted them to be romantically involved, but I think they were fine as friends, to be honest. I mean, I enjoyed them simply as just friends. I mean, it added a bit more to the story. Had a love triangle there between friends would just have been, I think it'd have been too much. But I can also once again see why people thought they were the better fit. Totally understand. But all right, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up because the more I talk about the sixth movie, the more I'm gonna get into the last half of it, and I don't want to do that. So in the next part, which surprise (laughs) surprise to myself too i'm gonna do a part three and during part three i'm going to discuss the last half of the sixth movie into the seventh part one and part two so that'll be that thank y'all for listening i appreciate you and i'm gonna bounce all right y'all make sure you follow me on twitter at that so dev and instagram at that so dev both simple straight into the point Make sure you drink some water, eat some good food, get a good night's what? Get a get a good night's rest, child. Whew! What am I on? It's hot in here, y'all. I need some water. What are y'all? Make sure you also go follow at Five Men Self Care on Twitter and subscribe to their notifications so you can get some self care. We are too busy involved with our everyday life, we forget. Get some reminders. All right, I'm hopping out here. I'm out this biatch. Peace.